Bible says, John 17, from verse 1 to verse 5. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Verse 2, For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who have given, all those you have given him. Verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have seen. And now, uh, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Lord Jesus, bless your word as we interact with it and interfere with everything to our favor this evening. And surprise us, Lord, by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 2005, I remember very well, we were having a plan with a friend. The plan was very simple. Pick your papers, make applications, and run abroad. So my friend took his papers. We had just finished high school. And he made his applications. The application went through. Just bring it. The application went through. And after a while, he got his visa and left for the United States. He has never come back. My friend took his papers, put it together, left for abroad. And I was left behind planning for the same trip. And I remember writing him an email, Victor, I am stranded at this point, and I'm stranded at this point, and I'm worried that my deadline is almost out. I should have done this by this, I should have done this by that. And he wrote me one word that has, you know those one word a friend can give you that leaves you changed forever. One word. He told me, the day you will be done running this side and that side, the Lord will finally settle you in your destiny. He told me, as long as the Red Sea is still the Red Sea and Pharaoh is still the Pharaoh and the armies of Pharaoh is still the armies of Pharaoh, you still have breath to run up and down. When you settle down, finally God will tell you, strike it this way and move forward. That young man was 18. He used to be the prayer leader in our CU. I have never forgotten his wisdom. Let's go back to our scripture. After Jesus said this, I wish we would be reading in this other version that says, after Jesus had said all these, he looked towards heaven. After looking towards heaven, the Son of God now could pray. Listen to me. Many people are praying. Many people are looking to heaven and few have solutions after praying and looking towards heaven because they are not done saying the things they were to say to these other people apart from heaven. You are not yet done talking to your landlord. You are not yet done talking to yourself. You are not yet done talking to your mother and your father. And you are rushing to look to heaven and talk to heaven. The Bible says very clearly, after Jesus had said all these other things, when he was done talking, now he could pray. What is prayer? If not addressing the needs of God, as Jesus shows us in the following scriptures. The Lord Jesus begins to pray and is talking to God, Father to Son, interest to interest, glory to glory, eternity to eternity. Nothing about the weather. Are you hearing me? Nothing about the fuel prices. Nothing about the local politician. It is eternity, eternity, glory, glory, life, life, things that have substance. Why could he do this? Because he had begun by addressing what we call local interests, local pertinent issues, local arrangements, local temporary things. The Bible says before you come to the altar, if you remember there is anything you have not finished in the civilian place, 
Go and finish it. If there is anything judicial, you have not finished. Go finish it. If there is anything domestic, you have not finished. Go finish. When you are done, come to the altar. We have made prayer look like God is our neighbor. We have made prayer look like the Lord is our agent. We have made prayer look like the Lord is our equal. We have made prayer look so casual. No wonder the God of Elijah is yet to prove himself as our God. No wonder the God who answers by fire is yet to really release fire. The Lord Jesus had so many things to say to so many people. I thank God he finished whatever he was to say. Now let's look at just a few things when he turned to heaven he began by addressing. But before we look at them, allow me to say something. The Lord lives in heaven, but he also lives in your heart. The moment you discover that the very God in heaven lives in your heart, you will not waste time before you reach to him when you need to reach to him. The Lord lives in heaven, and he needs you to turn your eyes to look to heaven, but you also need to remember that through the cross of Calvary, heaven now lives in your heart. And the moment you will discover heaven lives in your heart, you will rush to finish everything to quiet your heart, to reach to your heart. You know, sometimes, Pastor Kimani, we want to hear the Lord leading us in our hearts, but we are yet to silence the things that are disturbing our hearts. Our heart is where eternity now dwells, and that is why the Bible says, guard it with everything that you can because when you can guard this place, the communication you need to hear from this place will not be impossible. So Jesus begins to talk to God. The Bible says, Father, the hour has come. Let me give you a secret about prayer. Prayer goes with hours. Now, people have broken it to midnight, 9 o'clock, 12 noon, and all this. No, 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 no. In the biblical language, hour means season. Hour means the period of your life. There is a period of your life the Lord is calling you to sanctification. There is a period of your life the, God, the Lord is calling you to warfare. There is a period of your life the Lord is just calling you to humility and humbling yourself and feeding the poor and doing all these Mother Teresa things. You get what I'm saying, huh? There is a period of your life the Lord is just calling you to slow down. There is a period of your life the Lord is calling you to reach out. When you know the hour of your life, now you can pray accurately. Now you can reach to heaven with much confidence. Jesus knows it is time to die. It is not time to lay Lazarus. It is not time to heal the sick. It is time to do what? To die. <laughs> so when he goes to prayer, he's praying like a dying man. Not a powerful man who is going to raise the dead. Their prayers, the Lord has allowed me by the privilege of being a young man who knows Jesus to pray. But their prayers, they cannot pray because the days of being a young preacher are over. Now he's a father settling down. No wonder it is good to begin with the Lord early in the place of prayer. It is good to begin with the Lord early before the year has gone too far. It is good to begin with the Lord early before your age has gone too far. It is good to begin with the Lord before the marriage has gone too far. Father, the Bible says, the hour has Come. Not the hour will come. The hour has come. In this crowd, there are children. In this crowd, there are teenagers. In this crowd, are youths. Know your hour. And pray according to your hour. Kuna mambia waze. Ukiomba kama kijana, bingu itasema ngojia kidogo. Na kuna mambia vijana. Mungu anaisikia junior kijana. Youths are right to you, John says, because you are strong. So there are prayers that can be prayed because people are strong. Old men, I, pray, I, I write to you. What, did the, what is the reason John gave? Who can help me? What was the reason John gave for the old people? Today I'm dying with you. What is this that John said? Young people are to you because you are strong. 
and you have overcome him. Young, old people or fathers. I'm just saying, Father, the hour has come. What was the, the thing he told the old people or fathers? I write to you because. First John. Hmm? You've known him from the beginning, meaning you have experience. Young people, you are strong and you can pray with strength. Old people, you can pray with perspective. You can pray with an angle of deeper understanding. Are you hearing me? And sometimes, I can be a young person full of strength. Then I go to him full of experience, full of perspective, and I submit to his prayers. Because the vocabulary he will use, I may not be able to use. Are you hearing me? It is true you are young, but you need the prayers of the old. My God, it is also true you are old. You also need the strength and the prayers of the young. There's a way I, I usually see Prophet Peter beginning to pray in tongues. <laughs> and the guy can be going for 30 minutes. That time, Pastor is like, Heavenly Father. Wapi makofi ya Pastor. And you give Peter 20 people to prophesy to pa, 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 pa. It's like the atomic bomb. Pastor wants to give them a fatherly hug. Eh? And to ask them, eh, when last did I see you in church? <laughs> and that may look useless till you meet those people after that hug. They tell you, I needed that for the whole month. We go to prayer, and listen to me, you intercessors. We go to prayer, we cannot expect people to pray in the same temperature. We cannot expect them to carry the same burdens of prayer. And even privately, when you discover you have exhausted your bullets in prayer, reach out to the other age group. Now, I'm using him both in the terms of physical strength as an old man, but also spiritual strength as an old man. When John and James, the, the two sons of Zebedee, went to Jesus, they told him, should we not send down fire to destroy these fools? And Jesus said, shh. That time Jesus is only 32, 33, but spiritually is an old man. So he begins to tell them, you do not know the spirit that you are made of. You are different. Who talks like that? An old man. Who prays such kind of prayers? An old man. Listen to me, young people. I myself being young. Some of the prayers we are praying, the Lord is not answering because they are too youthful. Subject them to an older aunt to agree with you. Pastor, I want this. I want this. Okay, we will trust God. Now let's all answer. Then he prays that old version of those prayers and you'll be surprised the Lord will answer. Many times, everybody who came to Jesus was in a hurry. It was only Jesus who never seemed to be in a hurry. Because in the crowd he was the youngest, but in the spirit he was the oldest. And whenever he began now to agree with you on your issues, answers always came because he made his prayers come with perception and come with deep perspective. Let the young people pray, but let the old people administrate some of those prayers. Heaven will answer. Actually, what we need in the letter or in the end of it all is the answer, right? We just need an answer. We don't need a youthful answer or an old answer. We just need an answer. And sometimes what it will require are these two people are agreeing. And when they agree, the answer will come. That's why I'm a young prophet, but I need some old prophets by my side. I may feel like this boss must die. Yeah, sometimes they need to die. <laughs> then an older man will come and say, eh, we can transfer him. Then bring in a better boss. How about that? Now let us pray. When I look, when I look at this New Testament, I see two people working. I see the young people working. 
and the old people working together. When I look at the Old Testament in the stories of David and Moses and all these people, I see the young people working. Remember Joshua, my namesake in the Old Testament? My father Moses, let's go stop these guys who are prophesying and they are not like you. Moses said, I wish all men could prophesy. Even Joshua, as much as he was anointed, was also too youthful in his judgment. And Moses needed to balance him up. Ask your neighbor, do you have balance? Father, the hour has come. Now the Bible says, when you have understood your hour, you can now claim your glory. The Bible continues to say, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. What does it mean to be glorified? We began the year by saying something very profound. That there are three levels of operations. And consequently, because there are three levels of operations, there are three levels of production or receiving things. The first level, we call it the natural level or the universal level, which is available to everybody. The second level is a select level, which is available only for those who are chosen, only for those who have been visited by God. The third level is divine, which only God can do. So he said, at the basic universal level is faith. Anybody who has faith, things can happen. But there are things that cannot move by faith. They need the anointing. And the anointing is available only to the select few. After that, there is another level beyond the anointing. For example, you may need healing. That is just anointing that can make it to go. The healing can happen because of the anointing. But there is something bigger than anointing. Believe you me, it is called glory. A day comes, like I was saying on, on uh, 31st of this January, you walk in a crowd as a preacher, and before you have taken the mic, people are just healed, and you have no idea what is causing the healing. You walk into a crowd, and there is so much glory going on. Heaven is doing business as you watch. Your job is to testify what is going on. That moment, it is not faith, it is not anointing, it is glory. To be glorified means, my dear brothers, to be caught up in the activities of God. To be caught up in the commotion of God. And I desire with all of my heart that we should stop operating at faith level. Oh, Father, increase my faith. No, 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 no. We can go to the moment when we see anointing. And then we can move past anointing. And we are caught up in holy commotion. When Jesus is praying, Father, glorify your son. It means, Father, I want to be caught up. Then I watch you as you do your business on earth. Did it happen? Yes, it happened. Where do we see it happening? On the day of Pentecost. Was Jesus walking physically in the room? No. Heaven had shaken and come down. And now people are just reporting commotion after commotion. Previously, Jesus had to lay hands and heal the sick. Previously, he had to give a word that was, that was to be backed up with the power for things to happen. Now, he was no longer praying. He was no longer touching. He was just watching as the Holy Ghost came on people. Dear people, we have not prayed till that day when glory is overtaking us. We have not prayed till that day when heaven is confusing us. When we cannot understand. Heaven, what are you doing? That moment when you do not understand why God has broken out. That moment, be assured, you have begun to touch glory. The Bible tells us, Father, glorify your Son. It is possible to be glorified. Now, we have been too allergic to glory because of our religious spirit, which tells us, glory is only for God. We cannot be glorified. Only God can be glorified. Jesus prayed that Him can be caught up in that glory. Even us, we can pray, Father, catch us in that glory. Initially, some households must operate with the rules. 
some houses must operate with the Ten Commandments. Some must even write their menu if they are going to eat and be satisfied. Others must wake up and go and work hard before there can be water and bread on the table. After a while, it is no longer rules governing a household. It is no longer even hope. Oh, I pray things be better. It is not even prayer. It is God himself coming down and running the show, moving in that house. The sign of glory is when you are unconscious of what is going on. But people outside there, like one time we explained, are the ones who are aware of what is going on. How many desire to see their glory? Hallelujah. I wish I could say, receive the glory. But <laughs> glory, glory is a journey. Glory is a journey. It is not an event. It is a journey. When Moses began, he needed faith in God. So God could tell him, I am the God of your fathers. Hey, hey, hey. He could receive words. A day came, Moses was no longer operating with words. He was operating with unconscious reality. He could go to the mountain and be lost for 40 days, not knowing how many days have been spent. But there were timekeepers like, uh, maybe Apostle Joshua counting, one, two, three, day 20, day 30. Moses was not aware days were going and he had been caught up in God. It did not begin on day one. It is something that caught up with time. One of the reasons to tap glory is to keep consistently walking with the Lord. Your family may not be together. Your family may not have it as it should have it. But wait, the more you keep walking in the journey of faith, faith will produce anointing. Anointing will produce glory. Are you hearing me? None of us, including yours truly, was born again, and on the same day we are born again, we are laying hands on the sick, and we are prophesying, and casting out devils. No, as we took that angle of glory, uh, no, that journey of faith, we kept going, and kept going. One day we were anointed. By the way, are you aware, even me, I'm still asking the Lord, Lord, when will I see the glory? Because what I've seen is just the anointing. I've seen people healed. I've seen people saved. I've seen demons live. But I'm looking for that day, Pastor Kimani, when I enter a city, and before I am out of my plane, revival is already breaking out. I am looking for that day, and it will happen. When before the posters have dried on the wall, if there will be posters, with Apostle Joshua named there, people looking at that poster begin to be healed. I've seen those days in dreams. Even me, I can dream. <laughs> and I've waited for them in prayer. Now I have to pay one price. Walk the journey of faith. Walk the journey of faith. And Paul says, from faith to faith, after that, what is the other word? From glory to glory. Or am I twisting scripture? From faith to faith and from glory to glory. I have to keep walking. I am yet to see the glory. I am of it. One day I've went to some meetings, seen a few things. But I am yet to see the glory I have seen in dreams. And prophets have told me. And people of God, you don't have to be a minister of the gospel to see glory. Listen, when people are admiring your marriage and you are not aware they are admiring, it means you are walking in glory. When people are admiring your calling and admiring your walk with the Lord and you are not even aware they are observing. You, are, you have secret admirers, so to speak. It means <laughs> you are walking in the glory. Remember what you said about the high priest? He could be busy in the Holy of Holies. Not aware that outside there, people are already seeing the smoke. You remember that? He was not aware that people are already testing the smoke. People are already praising God because he's busy with heaven in the secret place. I desire the glory. I pray you too should desire the glory. Because after glory there is nothing else. There is only eternity. Beyond glory there is no prayer. You know, Pastor Kimani, we are cultivating prayer warriors. I wish we could cultivate glory warriors. We are cultivating 
intercessors. I wish we could, we could cultivate glory cessors. Now, I'm just being young. You know, young people like the wild, not geo wild. Huh? <laughs> we don't like the yaleo toto care. Those histories, we don't like them. We like something wild. Now, now you can guess how my church will be one day when I grow up. Glory cessors to replace intercessors. <laughs> and we'll have glory zones instead of prayer rooms. How about that? One day when I grow up. How many want to grow up with me? Maybe all of you are old. <laughs> it is possible to walk in the glory. Now, stop praying that your marriage can work. Pray that your marriage will be caught up in glory. And you are not aware of how many are admiring that marriage, but there are many. You are not aware how many admire your spouse, but there are many. Father, the hour has come. When you understand your hour, now you can begin a journey of faith. And after walking the journey of faith, you can enter glory. Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. This is serious. Noah is given a golden chance. Just like some of you, you have a golden chance and you are not aware. How many washirikas, my brother Aliso, were in Noah's church? Do you know how many washirikas Pastor Noah had? Christ of God. Some of you don't read your Bibles. How many were they? He had three. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. No. He had three. <laughs> Shem, Japheth, and Ham. After that, the generations could now wait for him and his sermon that he was going to preach. Jesus is being told, I mean, Jesus is telling God, I have the whole world. You, you are being told, you also have the whole world, but not in a way you imagine. Let's go back to Noah. Noah has three children. One is a big fool. Another is a bit wise. Another one is very wise. Three sons. And these are the typical washirikas we will always have in church. We have the two stupid. We have the wise. Then we have the very wise. Hey, did I just say that? Yes. Now, Ham is too stupid. Why is he too stupid? When he sees weakness, he goes and laughs about it. Too stupid. Tell yourself, if I'm like that, I need to repent. <laughs> now, Ham is too stupid. Yet, in the church of Pastor Noah, he is Amshirika. Japheth is wise because he will listen to those who are too wise. So when Shem told him, let's go cover our father, he played along. And as a result... Him and Shem were blessed. However, not with the same blessing. But at least they were blessed. In the church, there are always going to be Shem. Shem will always see where there's trouble and go and sort it. But because he's a team player, he will pull along Japheth and tell Japheth, come with me. Let's go do some work to glorify God. And together, they will go and do that work then in the same church, there will always be Noah. Noah is the judge. Noah decides who goes down to the grave and who goes up to heaven. Are you hearing me? Because some of you, you have Shem, you have Am, you have Japheth in your own family. In your own family, you have Shem, you have Japheth, you have Ham. Now that we make bread using Ham. Now, Ham has a problem. He has a father he has pushed to the wall who may be tempted to curse him. And as surely as I'm a man of God, this Sunday there was a ham somewhere who was cursed. Even tomorrow you can be assured harm will be cursed. Why am I telling you this? Because these three people, we have been given responsibility Mama Florence, to give them life, not to give them death. Had Noah known that harm 
will carry a curse for all generations, he will not have cast him. Because Bible theologians tell us, Ham is the father of Africans. And if you think Africans are blessed, come ask me for fair when I have it. I'll give you a passport. Don't go very far. Just cross the border here to Somalia. Or if you are muscles enough, like you are truly behind there, you can go over to Congo and see people who are miserable. But you trace it back to a man who had a church of three people, a church he decided to split in three. Cast, blessed, two blessed. And the Bible says of Shem, Shem will always have a great blessing and Japheth will come and operate under his tent. Japheth are the Wazungus. Shem are the Jews. Nobody has supported this gospel like the Wazungus, but the gospel initially was like a property of the Jews. Three washerikas in one church. Don't think that eternal life is John 3.16 kind of life. Eternal life is life to those who are immediate to you. That is the application of eternal life. They are men, they are women, they are children, they are communities. You are either going to damn them or you are either going to raise them to eternal life. You are either going to give them a second chance or you are either going to damn them to extinction. Thank God, the wisdom in you is greater than the wisdom that was upon Noah. The anointing in you is greater than the anointing that was upon Noah. Now, next time you say amen. Because Noah only has one shot. Because there is no grace during Noah's time. So when Noah makes a mistake, he cannot correct it. It's like Noah is a kindergarten student writing with ink. If he misses A, it is done. But you, you are a kindergarten with a pencil. If you miss your A, you can correct it. And as I'm standing here right now, there are several ones of you, you have cast your arm. And arm may be socially dying. Arm may be financially dying. Arm may be psychologically stranded because you have denied arm life. Go give arm life through the words of your mouth and the attitude of your heart. Jesus said, you have given me eternal life. I am going to give them. Now, Mama Florence, do you discover that on the cross, there is nobody Jesus cast? Do you discover that on the cross, even Judas was not mentioned? On the cross, there was father, 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 period. Why father, 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 period? Because Jesus is going to the rural home of that father. You know, when you are going to hibernate in somebody's home, you better throw in words, mama, pema. And some of you, you are busy with us. You are forgetting Judas has no home for you. It is father in heaven with a home for you. Judas has no marriage for you. It is father in heaven with a marriage for you. I don't know where I'm going with this sermon. Can I just flow? Some of you, you are so busy with the Roman soldiers, you forget the Roman soldiers will not fill the church with the Holy Ghost. Only the Father will do it. So on that cross, Jesus focuses on the one with the future, not the one with the past. The one with the past may seem to have power, like we saw on Sunday, but he does not have the future. The Roman soldier has a semblance of power, a semblance of authority, but they do not have a future. Only the father has the future. If you are too serious about this glory thing, you will not have a space in your heart for bitterness and pettiness and confusion. You will not have a space for anger. You will not have a space for retribution and for settling scores. Because you are so busy running to glory. Where the Father is, you have no time for what is temporal. 
if I had paid attention to some men who oppressed me, some of whom I told him about, some of whom are now dead, I would not have reached where I am. Because I would have built into the past rather than building into the future. We have a job to give eternal life. This is the eternal life we will give. For every evil done, we return good. And for every good done, we return even more good. Why? Because all these accounts will follow us to the future. All these reactions will follow us to the future. Now, the Lord Jesus knows heaven is his home. Heaven is where the Father is. And as a result, he cannot waste time with losers. Somebody say losers. The Romans were losers. He didn't say, Father, look at this regime. He had no time for a regime. You know, I, 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 can, I, can I talk, Pastor? I wonder what is wrong with the Christians who are caught in Nassau DM and they still want to change the world. Those are regimes. And I'm sorry, they are not even 2% of what Roman Empire was. Two of you are in this crowd, remember, one time we were somewhere and we read how Jesus say, when they tell you to take one mile, Give them two miles when they. These people Jesus is calling they were the most powerful empire which ever ruled this world. But Jesus could not even dignify them with a full mention. He just called them they. I come from a political family. I have every right to politics. But listen to me. Politics is they. The regime is they. Give them a piece of your shoe and keep moving forward. Give them a, a, a speck of attention by casting your ballot and keep moving forward. Why? The future is not with they. The future is with him. Heaven is built by him. Not by they. They, they can only disturb heaven. They, they can only fulfill some programs of heaven. Wapi Makofia John. They, they can only fulfill some plan that is temporal that heaven is depending on. But they have no future. They have no eternity. They have no Holy Ghost. They have no apostles. So Jesus dies, having put the Romans to their place. And after that, the Father gives him Apostle Paul. After that, the Father gives him the Holy Ghost baptism. After that, the Father gives him the day of Pentecost. After that, the Father gives him the greatest institution that has ever been seen on earth called the church. You know, Mama Florence, I wish I could go to their closets of prayer and change their prayer from they to him. I wish I could go to that closet and tell them, listen, this landlord is not your boss. This landlord is not your future. Your future is with him. Oh, you know my landlord, you know my boss. Please listen to me. Somebody greater than your landlord walked this earth and Jesus ignored him. He was called Caesar. Christ of God, put the earth where it belongs. Put the world where it belongs. Let me wrap it up by saying this. Today I want to be a bit dramatic. So, here is a Roman, <laughs> a Roman soldier with his sword. It used to be called a staff or a vine. And it carried a lot of instruments of office. And any time he passed and he threw it on you, it used to be about 35 to 50 kg. Any time he threw it on you, he expected you to carry it and follow him. Those days, the most feared thing in the whole empire was that piece of stick. Are you following with me? Anybody who saw that stick knew it can be thrown on me and I have to carry it. Because it carried all his weapons. All the weapons were contained in that one stick. And his symbol of authority was on that stick. Jesus comes with his stick. Do you know his stick? The cross. 
And Pastor Kimani, there are so many people following the stick of Jubilee and the stick of NASA and the stick of the visa and the stick of this bank statement. They have forgotten the cross. And the cross, dear ladies and gentlemen, you go to any city of the world right now, you will see the cross. Those days it was looking like, ah, this stick is producing taxes. Are you hearing me? This stick is producing pay slips. This stick is producing promotion. We need this stick. And Jesus says, no. I want you to take your cross and follow me. I want you to imitate me as I do the will of the Father. Because the future belongs to the cross, not to the stick. The Lord Jesus is calling on you people to take your cross in the place of prayer. To take your cross in the place of your attitude. And to understand one thing. The cross will always be the future. What you do for the Lord in secret, how much you bleed for Him and you surrender to Him and you connect to Him, it will always speak in the future more than what the government does or the government does not do. Whatever the landlord is doing, and I don't know why this landlord thing is coming back, but whoever that landlord is, whatever he's doing, whatever that boss is doing, treat it like a stick of the Romans that can be admired for a few years, then forgotten for eternity. Lastly, Jesus says something. Now this is eternal life, that they may know the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Let me close my Bible. A young man went to a mission field which was very engaging. He was born again, newly born again. And he went into this mission field which initially was not mission field. It was a deployment. He had been posted there to serve as an employee of the government. After six months of faithful service, the average person used to come at around 8.30. The young man could come at around 4 a.m. in the morning and leave at around 10 p.m. The others could leave at 3. He used to leave at 10 p.m. He's a young man I know. After six months, the students looked at him, the community looked at him and said, you, you are not here to serve the government. You have been sent by God. We can see whatever you are doing you are doing the work of God. A voice told him after that, your mission is officially over because the reason you are sent was for them to see God. Now that they have seen God, you are promoted to the next mission. I want to ask you a question. That spouse of yours, when he looks at you, or when she looks at you, is she able to say, surely, this was God sent to my life. That neighbor, when he looks at you, when she looks at you, can he or she say, surely this one, this one, only God brought this one here. Because when Jesus now says, this is eternal life, this is the end game, this is eternity, that they may believe in God and believe in me, he's saying, everywhere I went, they could only glorify God. Now that the glory has been done, I can only come home. There are many Christians praying, God take me home, or God take me to America, or God take me to UK, or God take me to Mombasa, and they are yet to satisfy the basic need of the environment. All the environment is asking is this, when shall we feel that God has sent you? When shall we feel that indeed this was not you, this was God? Pastor Kimani, just before Joseph dies, he says, you thought you were doing me evil, but behold, this was God. After that, the book of Genesis is over. 
a day comes the book of your life is over because the summary of everything you have done, the summary of everything you have said is that this was God. You thought it was a marriage. No, it was God. You thought it was a contract. No, it was God. You thought it was just we living next to each other. No, this was God. The greatest words a fellow human being will ever tell you is this. It is not you I see. I see God. It is not you I greeted. I greeted God. It is not you I allowed into my house. It is God himself I allowed. And any time I have ever met anybody who has been given that statement, I have always known two things are going to happen. Either physical promotion or spiritual promotion. Immediately Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I was here, but it was not me. Galatians 2.20. It was Christ living in me. Paul was now ready to be promoted. Tomorrow some of you are going to work. My question is this. Who will be seeing God reporting to work? Tomorrow some of you will be going to the market. Who will be seeing God going to the market? Oh, tonight, some of you are more lucky than me, will be going next to bed with another warmer fellow than you. One day when I grow up. Who will be saying, God is sleeping next to me. Every time this fellow is next to me, I see God himself. I sense God himself. What will be the report? If you can answer that question, don't even come to us, the prophetic team, for a prayer for God to enlarge your territories or to promote you. Be assured, your promotion has already happened. You know, I'm looking at a young man behind me there, and he knows himself. One of these days, the brother will be looking at him and saying, we have been brothers for these few years. Now you have to go. Now, my prayer for that young man and that young woman, because they are my friends. My prayer is this. May they feel as if God himself is going away. There is a parting, but there is a dying. May yours not be a parting. May yours be a dying. When people cannot do with God, it means they are dying. When people cannot now imagine life without you around, it means they are dying. No wonder the disciples were left looking to heaven as if they are lost. <laughs> and Elisha also looks to heaven like he's lost, saying, Hey, my father, my father, the chariots and his, uh, and his ridesmen. Why? A man who was like God is going away. I look forward to your death in quotes. God bless you. Welcome, Pastor. Hallelujah. Just stay there for a minute. We just can't edit like that, isn't it? Do you feel the challenge in you? Do you feel it? Why, can, why should we then let him just disappear like that? It's ministry that we all need to do. Can people see God in what I'm doing? Amen. Can they see God? Tomorrow, he asks a question. When I go to work, will people see God? The day I'll be leaving, will people say, we feel like a part of God has left us? Did you, did you, did you get the challenge? Do you then understand your assignment and how serious it is on earth? That you are not just here on earth to live and make money, get married, bring forth children, see them get married like some people are about to. Yeah. Yeah. The assignment is bigger than that. When I leave behind, what will I leave? Politicians say they want to leave a good legacy. Uhuru is very busy with his big four. And he is ready to pay anything to achieve the big four so that he can leave a good legacy. 
including going to his opponents and doing whatever it needs to be done so that they can work together because he has a legacy that he wants to leave behind. Now, are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay so that when you are gone, that people will say, that man, that woman was a blessing to us. He brought God to us. We felt God in our lives. I want us to stand on our feet. And I want us, and I'll ask you, please help us, because this is, it is in you. Could you help us to pray? Because we want to, to fulfill our assignment. We want to be what God has called us to be. We don't want to waste time focusing on things. We want to look up where we are going. Amen? Can we do that? Can he lead us in that prayer? And as he lead us in that prayer, I'll ask uh, Peter to come. I also want him to lead us in, some, in prayers. Man of God, come. Roadside declaration. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Before we pray, allow me to bring the heart of Paul to us. Paul says that I may know him. That I may know him. You cannot project what you don't know. A doctor is a doctor because of what he knows, right? A lawyer is a lawyer because of what he knows. An engineer is an engineer because of what he knows. Not what he doesn't know. The more you know the Lord Jesus, the more you can project the Lord Jesus. The more what is in Jesus is in you, the more you can manifest it. My prayer for you and for me in the same uh, breath is that we pray that we may know him. We desire that we may know him. Now remember, it is not an event. It is a journey. Some begin and they fall along the way. Others keep going. It is a journey. And as you journey in that reality, I can assure you, the Lord will begin to interfere with anointing and to interfere with glory. Lift your hands. Let's commit the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask for one prayer. That you may give us the heart to know you. The heart to know you. We have known things, no wonder we have titles. Some of us are lawyers in this place, some of us are doctors, some of us are engineers, some of us are whatever we are. And we are making an impact and a living out of what we know. But how about if we knew you, Lord? How about if we knew you till you became our title, till you became our profession, till we made a living out of knowing you, till we made an impact out of knowing you? Till we know you, Lord, do not allow us to rest. Do not allow us to come to any place of quietness till we have known you. Many of us are known by our tribes. Others are known by their gender. Others are known by their temperament. But today, may we be known for Jesus. May we be known for the Son of God. May we be known for how deep we are in him and he in us. How much we radiate him and he radiates us. How much we carry him as he also carries us. For those you say, Lord Jesus, who serve you, you and your father you will honor. And we know there is an honor you are giving us as we commit to serving you. Not out of fear, not out of religiosity, but out of knowledge, out of intimacy, out of deep sense of purpose. Have your way, Lord Jesus, in our lives. This is our prayer today, that the rest of our lives, like Paul desired to know you, we too will know you and will produce you as men of knowledge, a knowledge that has come out of intimacy with you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before Peter prays uh, with us, this, you know, he referred to something in his teaching. He talked about Jesus not focusing on Judas. You remember that? And he said, many of us, we're spending all our time focusing on Judas. 
Jesus knew where he was going. Amen? His eyes were focused on the Father. Not on those that were betraying him. Not on those that were opposing him. And he said something. Many of us are focusing on Judas's. Many of us are focusing on those that have hurt us. We cannot move from there. Because someone said a word against us. And that has taken our focus from the, our destination, the Father. No wonder we cannot have a breakthrough. We cannot be able to, to, to receive our blessings. Yet we are claiming them. Yet we come for prayers. Yet we say we are praying. But our focus has been diverted. I want you to pray. And I want you to ask, Lord Jesus, help me. Because there are many of us that are there. Our focus is on that spouse who did not tell you that they still love you. Your focus is on that father or that mother who mistreated you. You're saying, the Lord would like to heal us. We cannot move to the next level when we are covering all that. Lift up your hands to the Father. Let's surrender to Him. Let's cry to God. Pray for yourself. Lord Jesus, help me. My focus has been diverted from you. Oh Jesus, I focus on the long things. I focus on people. I focus on things. I have sought material gains instead of seeking you, Jesus. Oh Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Cry to the Lord for help. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Oh Jesus, help me. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Father, this one called for repentance, Lord. We have exalted what is not supposed to be exalted. We have glorified that which is not supposed to be glorified. And we have sinned against you. We have sinned against your hosts. We have sinned against the work of the cross. And we beseech of your forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you may forgive us. Because, Lord, we focus on things that are not worthy. Our heart turned to be very hard. And dear Lord, are we lost heart-to-heart connection with you? Father, we are focused with our enemy. We are focused with the people that you assign them so that they may lock a door that we may never look behind. And Father, we have cast those who are not supposed to be cast. We have destroyed those who are not supposed to be destroyed. We have taken to grave those who are not supposed to be engraved, my Father. And we have left those to live, those who are not supposed to live, Father. We need your wisdom. We need your mercies. We need your grace. We need your spirit. We need your love. We need you, Jesus. Without you, we are nothing. We count everything useless for your gain, Lord. We count everything nonsense, my God, so that we may achieve to have you, Lord. As a father, you know every heart here. You know every need here. You know every mind here. And you know how much we are crying inside. Father, you know that we are battling with things that we are not worthy to battle with them. We ask of you, Father, help us now. Please help us now, my God. Please help us. We cry cry to you. We call unto you because you are able. We call unto you because you are wisdom. We call unto you because you are knowledge. Help us, Lord, to forgive. Father, we have carried grudge in us. Help us to forgive. Help us to forget.
We have carried some spiritual wounds, my God, that were done by a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, that was done by a man of God or a woman of God, that was done by a prophet, apostle, a pastor, evangelizer, or a teacher. Father, we have carried these wounds for a long time. We ask that you may help us to let go. Help us, my Father, to let go. Please help us to forgive so that you may forgive us, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you may help us to forgive. We forgive so that you may be glorified. We forgive not for self-righteousness, but to your glory, Lord. We forgive not because we are good, but because we fear the work of cross. Father, we forgive. We forgive, Lord. Forgive us as well. Forgive us as well for concentrating with Judas. Forgive us as well for concentrating with the Roman empires. Father, forgive us. Lord, make a new person in us. Make a new creature in us. In your likeness, Lord. For Jesus said, I do what I see my father doing. And we want to do what we see you doing. You don't have grudge with us. You have no offense with us, Lord. Father, you are too much of love. You have loved us with agape. Oh, Lord. We repent, Father. We repent, my Father, because we are proved to be so wise before you. When we are too foolish, my God. We have proved, my Father, to be very intelligent. When, dear Lord, we are nothing, Lord. We repent, Lord. We repent, Father. We are just but the work of your hand. We are just but dust, Lord. Who are we before you, Lord? Who is man that you are even mindful of him? We repent, Lord. We repent, Lord. We repent, Father. We repent, my God. We take this opportunity, Lord, to ask that you may cluster in a person. Cluster in a person. Cluster in a person. We want to have more time with you. More than the time we have with ourselves. Cleanse the inner person, Lord. Father, we vomit every darkness in us. Every weakness in us, my God. We vomit it out. For we want you in us. Father, we die so that you may live. Let us be buried so that you may live in us. We accept to die. We accept to forget the past so that you may be the future and the everlasting glory. We call Lord so that you may be lifted. We are no more so that you can be more full. We don't want to be seen, but you be seen in us. We don't want fame, but become popular. Become famous, my God. Become glorious, my King. The all without you, Father, is nothing. Father, riches without you is nothing. We do not want to lose you. We thank you for the word of rebuke. We thank you for the word of correction. We thank you for the grace to hear it, my God. And even to change today. And to cry to you. We thank you, Father, because this word was not made for other creatures but to us. We receive it with all fear. We receive it with trembling and fear. We receive it with joy and gladness. For you rebuke the one you love. You discipline your own. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. We thank you for salvation. We thank you so much for the word. We thank you for your spirit, Lord. We thank you so much. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Keep rebuking us. Keep rebuilding us, my God. Keep remembering us. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. It tells us you don't want us to go to hell, but rather to receive an eternal life. It tells us how much you love us, my God, and how much you're closer to us, and how much you know our needs, Lord. That's why we thank you. That's why we praise you. That's why we glorify you. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify our Lord. We glorify you. We glorify you, the love of our heart. We glorify you, our fiancé. We glorify you, our lover. We glorify you, our father. We glorify you, our brother. We glorify you, I am that I am. We glorify you, the first and the last. We glorify the beginning and the end. 
Let all the glory and power and dominion be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Maybe just to add something small. After we have given our offering, there is a joke I made and the Lord is rebuking me that it was not a joke. It was a need in his heart to consecrate glory movers. People who shall move in the glory. I will pray together with my brothers but the Lord will see how to answer it. Because as we speak, if you can go to the YouTube, there are several areas in the world the glory is already in operation. People who are no longer operating in the anointing, they are operating in the glory. It is already happening. And we need to begin to be part of that reality by faith. So we will be praying that prayer. Some of you don't need it. Some of you just want your faith touched. It is okay. That is where you are with God. But those who are like, God, I need to see your glory in my life, every area. I no longer just want to have faith. I want to see your glory. We're going to pray for you. And the Lord will see to it that he answers in his own way. We need businesses entering glory. We need marriages entering glory. We need even testimonies entering into glory. It is possible. We only need to ask. Did Jesus ask as we have read? Amen. Yes, and the Lord answered. God bless you. Come. I want to, to help you. That kind of prayer is not for special people. No, we don't have special glory movers. That is for all of us. That's a desire that we should all have, isn't it? So I refuse to uh, allow just a few people to enjoy that kind of prayer. That's a prayer that all of us need to say, Lord, I want your glory. Lord, I want to move in that. Lord, I want the, the next level. Even if it has to take you a couple of days or period or whatever, time to get there, let us start the journey. Let us pray that that journey starts. Some of us will just start it will take us a while because we have to move from faith to faith and then glory to glory. Amen? But let's all start. I refuse to say that is for just a few uh, glory movers. Let's, let's, let's all desire that, isn't it? Amen? So can we stand on our feet and ask them, ask uh, Apostle, please, we desire this, all of us. Wow. Amen?